Hello, I'm Amber Bradner. And I'm Derek Coleman. And And this this is is All of Us. A place where we learn to take care of ourselves and each other so we can build communities where all of us belong. All of Us is brought to you by Camp Social, empowering digital communities with on-chain reputation and rewards for social connection. And ETH Denver, the largest, freest Web3 community innovation festival fiddling the decentralized future. Today, we're joined by Madison Adams, the co-founder of DreamDAO, who's training Gen Z to use Web3 for good. Hi, Madison. Hi, how are you? Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here today. Excited to see you again. And I was just sharing with Derek that I met you in Austin at Consensus. And in a sea of thousands of people, I found myself hanging out with this group from DreamDAO consistently and throwing secret pool parties and just having the best time dropping in with with all of you um, and that community. So, so grateful to have you and to be able to dive deeper into DreamDAO and your experience with the community. Yeah, I'm excited. Austin was fun with the pool parties and the donuts <laughs> that we had there. That was awesome. When you have a vision, you just have to execute it. That's what we learned with the with that pool party. <laughs> so uh just want to just drop in directly into how did you get involved with DreamDAO and can you share a little bit of what DreamDAO is all about? Yeah, so just to start off with like what DreamDAO is about, because I think that gives a lot of context. Um, as you said in the intro. DreamDAO trains young people to use Web3 for good. So we're basically uh, faced with the question of how can we create a pipeline of talented young people um, who care about civic and social problems um, to kind of like entering Web3 and using it as a tool to solve the problems that they already care about. Um, and so the way that I you know, got started with DreamDAO is I was actually one of the co-founders and that kind of, I guess, points to the origin story of DreamDAO. Um, so the parent organization of DreamDAO is a nonprofit called Civics Unplugged. And the whole purpose of Civics Unplugged is to train young people to be civic innovators. So people who can solve civic and social problems in more innovative ways. Um, and basically, once we at Civics Unplugged learned about the potential for Web3 to solve problems, uh, we were like, who is better to train young people in Web3 and social impact than an organization that is already focused on civic innovation. And so we kind of created DreamDAO as a subset of the mission of Civics Unplugged, you know, civic innovation specific to Web3. And that was a little over a year ago. Um, And so DreamDAO is now entering its third season in January, which is really, really exciting. Those are six months long. Um, And it's been just like a constant question of like, what unique value can we provide to the ecosystem and how can we continually serve our members and our mission better? So it's been a really fun journey so far. Yeah. I just want to give you a standing ovation because that's a really sick thing to be contributing your time and energy to for sure. Um, I think the kinds of people that would listen to this are already completely on board with the the vision and the mission here. So we could just dive into the implementation. I'm curious over this past year, um, I know DreamDAO has a couple core things, right? There's the 
Gen Z. What, what's the term you use for the, the people that are a part of the program as participants? Builders. builders. So you have your builders and then you have your mentors. Does that have a, a name? Champions. The champions. So the builders, and they get paired pretty much one-on-one -on -one with champions, right? Well, there's a mix of different things that happen. We have a mentorship program where people can opt in to be matched one-on-one, -on -one, but a lot of the interaction actually happens through our working groups. So the way that everything happens in the DAO is through working groups. We have a governance working group, a partnerships working group, a couple others as well. And the builders lead the working groups, but they're advised by and composed of champions and builders. So a lot of times, like if we're on our governance working group and for instance, we created a merit system for the DAO recently because we didn't find like a, a DAO tool that I guess like fit our needs for that. The champions would advise based on my experience, what I think should happen, or I know someone who is working on this, maybe we should connect with them. Um, and so it's kind of like a create your own journey in terms of the champion experience, but there's yeah, lots of different ways that they interact with each other. I appreciate providing that context because what I'm getting at is these are people from all over the world who are coming in with some really strongly shared and aligned values, but also they don't know each other. They don't live in the same area. It's hard to meet up in person. And so when you talk about building a community around shared values like that, what kinds of things have you seen people really latch on to and get a lot of value from and keep coming back to? And then are there any other things you've tried where you gave it a shot, but people didn't really click with it? And so since then you've said, oh, maybe let's try something else. Yeah, I would say it's it's kind of like two things. One is more broad and the other is more detailed. Um, the first is just like gathering around the idea of social impact, like that we're doing something good for the world. Um, all of these people who come to DreamDAO don't come for the sake of Web3, but they come for the sake of social impact. Um, and so everyone already has that thing in common. And so it's easy for them to rally around that. Um, and then I would also say the more detailed version of that is kind of the idea that we're combating a narrative or a, a, a part of Web3 that is degenerative and that we are kind of like a, a force, <laughs> a force uh, for Web3 for good, basically, and that we are representing that we are driving it forward and we are increasing the adoption of Web3 tools being used to solve problems. Um, and I would guess like some things that maybe like I guess didn't resonate. I, the only thing that comes to mind for that is like, in terms of like, you all probably experienced this, but in the web three, like social impact sphere, there has been just like, even in the past year, many cultural evolutions. Like uh, if you were to talk to us probably like eight months ago, we would be using the word like solar punk a lot and region a lot, but the space has kind of evolved with the bear market to where those aren't as, um, those terms aren't used as much anymore. And um, the, the space just evolves. And so I think that we aim to evolve like culturally and with what we offer over time as it makes sense too. It's a really interesting point to the segmentation that's existed in the past and how there's sort of this who remains standing is the community. And so there's a necessity almost in aggregation of these you know, differentiated by not that much groups coming together. Um, so the power of us actually coming together, despite the nuanced differences that we may see for our future. And I'm curious, um, what is the kind of vision of the world that DreamDAO has as a center point? Yeah, so I would say 
the the vision that we have for the world is a world where web3 is seen and used as a tool for solving problems um so the scene part is really important um as i'm sure you all know web3 doesn't have a great perception right now it's seen as like a scam the bear market doesn't help that um and i think that when web3 is seen as a tool for good it will be more often used as a tool for good because there's so many people who aren't attracted to this space and who won't uh, contribute to it because of their perception of it. Um, and so like, for instance, we did a event at Yale University a couple weeks ago um, and a lot of them didn't know about the merge, you know, on, on the Ethereum blockchain. And they were talking about the climate impact and I had to tell them, wait, 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 wait. we had like a 99% reduction in energy usage. And so I think that it's it's a matter of like changing the way that people see Web3 and also changing the way that people use it. Um, and young people are, are essential to that, um, both because they have the time and energy to build. Um, young people are the ones who are deciding their career paths right now. If they're in high school and college, they're trying to figure out like what they want to do with their lives. And also young people, um, you know, are, are, are more... I guess, like fluent in technology generally than older generations and people who are my age will be the ones who will be using Web3 now and for many years to come. And so I think that Gen Z is a is a group that makes sense to focus on for um, actualizing that vision. I always like to uh, take a step back, like in the spirit of being more inclusive. So as you have conversations with people that are not as deep down the rabbit hole as the three of us are, where do you start? Like, where have you found real resonance in assuming somebody knows nothing about blockchain or crypto or Web3 or DAOs or smart contracts or anything? If you're trying to say a version of, hey, we could use the particular set of tools that we're building in real time over here to do some pretty cool stuff, which parts do you highlight or do you find, you know, as a group have been the most resonant? Yeah, I love this question. I think it's really important. Um, the the thing that I kind of latch onto is I feel like people don't talk about Web two enough when they're trying to explain Web three to people because the way that I explain it is I'm like okay there's this thing called Web three but it kind of brings up the question of then what is Web one and Web two and then I like will explain Web one and Web two like Web one was the first iteration of the internet kind of like the bare bones um, and then Web two is what we're in now things you can interact with like Facebook and Instagram. And Web3 is the next iteration that's about ownership and, and so much more. And I say, think about if I'm talking to like my mom, for example, I'd say, think about the ways in which like Facebook and Instagram changed your life or the way that like Zoom changed your life and, and just the Internet and being able to search for things change your life. Um, Web3 will be the same. Web3 will change every aspect of the Internet and society and sometimes in ways that we we won't even realize or ways that we can't even fathom yet. And so I like to take that as a reference point and say, even if you can't get into the specifics yet, I think it's a good entry point to say, this is something that is the next iteration of the internet. that's going to change a lot of things for you and for me and for everyone else. Hell so yeah. good. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Very potent and the context is so important, as you stated, knowing where you've come from and where you're going and some of the unintended consequences that will arise 
when we don't acknowledge our past and can see, oh, we weren't expecting this, but it's been used in these ways. What are some of the places that we need to pay attention to in Web3 communities? For some reason, what immediately comes to mind is like being kind of like dogmatic about what we see as the default values of Web3. So one example that comes to mind is in our DAO, we have elections every season for our working groups. And uh, the previous way that we were doing that was we were using Snapshot to do voting um, for who should be the leads. And that we ran into some issues with that because it was on chain of people being afraid to vote because it's a very tight-knit community. And they would see that, you know, they didn't vote for someone who they were close with or something because they thought someone else would be a better candidate and really just like disrupted the social fabric of the DAO for a little bit um, because, you know, voting is like a very, very sensitive topic, especially when you're friends with the people who you are voting for voting against. And so we actually have for this next iteration have decided to not do on-chain voting because there isn't a system that allows like on-chain anonymous voting for rank choice. Um, and so, I don't know, I think it's just kind of interesting. It's like, it's, I think we should be always be questioning like, or thinking from first principles, I guess, about the way in which we're doing things. Because if you were to evaluate that situation like we did from like a Web3 lens, it would be like, oh, of course, everything needs to be on chain, especially voting, because it's transparent, it's more open. But then you have to think in the context of like the way things actually work, I guess, with like a realistic lens. And when you do it from that uh, perspective, it, it it makes things a little more challenging, I guess. So I, I would just say like thinking in the context of like, real problems and real like considerations and that only gets more true when you're trying to figure out how to um like how to have web3 adopted by a wider audience because um they're going to be less willing to like <laughs> uh be dogmatic i guess about the way that things are are implemented so that's that's what comes to mind for me I had a huge reaction to so many different parts of that because, um, you know, I was screaming like zero knowledge, zero knowledge. And then you hit me with the, that also lets us do rank choice. And I was like, oh, they're so far ahead of us. <laughs> like, Because rank choice uh, for folks who don't know, like compared to more familiar first past the post systems where you just vote for one out of like seven candidates. And if that one isn't the one you get, then like tough shit. But in a rank choice system, you get to vote literally first to seventh preference and they tally up who the votes are for. And if somebody has the majority, great, they win. But if they don't, then whoever's last place is gone. And if the last place overall was your first choice, then it moves down to your second choice. And you still get a say in shaping who gets picked. Ranked choice is just a strictly superior voting system to most of what's used in like formal politics and also on chain and web three. So the fact that you're using it gets me hype. And then when I heard you say, yeah, but we don't have a way to do like a zero knowledge or privacy preserving or anonymous form of voting uh, for ranked choice yet. Let's build that. <laughs> we definitely need that. <laughs> so you know, call the builders. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend I understand the depth of mathematics necessary to carry that out in a privacy preserving way. But I really hope that somebody takes up this call to arms to build that tool because it would definitely get used. 
I wanted to touch back on something you mentioned, which was first principles. And it's a term that we talk about a lot in the regen space, um, a phrase that we say often, but can you speak from, from your experience and, and your perspective, what first principles mean and the role that they play in DreamDAO? Yeah, that was actually my first time using that word. I feel like it's used so no, I'm serious. It it it's used so much that I'm like I I'm, I'm never sure if I should say it cuz it kind of feels like a buzzword at this. You just wanted to try it on. Yeah, I was just like mm, I feel like it makes sense in the context of this, but um the way that I would I it, it's hard for me to to think of a way to explain it. For for some reason what comes to mind is just like <laughs> like common sense and like doing things in a way that makes sense um, like just kind of like assessing the situation of like like what are we doing and why are we doing it mm. uh, is is kind of the, the way and that and that happened with the, the voting situation you know it's like we had the way that we came to the the idea to do it the way that we're doing now which is basically just like a google form where people rank the the, the voting or whatever um is like what do we value more do we value um it's kind of like the question of like transparency versus uh, privacy versus the ability to do rank choice. And we decided that we value the ability to do rank choice voting and privacy more than it being on chain. So it's like, because we, we, we were, we started thinking of all these solutions, like what if we do this and this is this, and it's like, stop for a second. Like what do we value most and what solution um, provides the most of what we value? I mean, this is uh, resonating for me really deeply because I've done a lot of mentorship, hackathons, facilitation. And one of the things is is just what are you building and why does it need to exist? Like, why are you know, why does this actually need to exist? And I think a lot of times when we're in the innovation phase with the technology, when it's new and exciting, we just start throwing things against the wall. And we can still be intentional with our aim and intentional with sort of like what, what it is that we're, you know, trying to even experiment with. Um, and that will lead us to a different place. So coming back to that, like first principles, your why behind what it is that you're initiating is important in anything that you're doing. So I want to ask you a little bit about your personal journey into web three you mentioned that you were involved in civics unplugged already what tends to be the pathway for others getting involved but first and foremost how did you find this path for yourself what was the interest for you yeah so i mean i kind of just like learned about web three and joined it by helping build the dream dow um I personally was never really interested in technology um, throughout my life. I mean, in high school, I was like the, I pigeonholed myself for sure. <laughs> I was like the humanities person. Like I did speech and debate. I was like, I'm going to be a lawyer. And um, I thought that I was too dumb to comprehend like science, technology, math topics. Um, my like my brain kind of like turned off during physics class, for example. Um, but I kind of like entered through the path of what I described is like, I, I guess like our target audience is kind of me, <laughs> like people who care about civic and social problems and want to find new ways to solve them. And so like when we were having the conversations at Civics Unplugged, 
um, I just slowly was learning about DAOs. And I remember one time we were having a conversation with some people who were helping us design a DAO. And he said, like, Madison, stop me if you don't understand something I'm saying. And I was like, I can't stop you because I don't understand anything you're saying. So I'd be stopping you like at every single word. And it was just like a very slow process of like slowly realizing like, this is like a new frontier like this is an opportunity to do to like solve so many different things and um you know things like that i was interested in before like related to like voting and i just in climate change and so many different issues and so to me more than anything it was just like exciting like this this new potential to to see things and do things differently and i think that that is the same for why people enter the dream dow as builders is we have a lot of people come from civics unplugged directly from the fellowship and so they come in like already caring about civic innovation and then they join the dream DAO. and so i think that yeah it's just people who are ready to see problems solved in a new way and see web3 as an opportunity to do that i was uh coming through the dream DAO docs and noticed and i think it was in the explorers program that one of the main points you were trying to emphasize or, you know, the team that was creating the program was like, there are no dumb questions. Like these are internships. Like the whole point is to show up and learn and be naive and ask questions. And so I just really appreciate the spirit of learning and open-mindedness and that we all have something to teach each other. A lot of us feel imposter syndrome often because there's just so much to know and you can't be an expert in everything. And so the more we can have a culture where we normalize, being curious and revealing like your ignorance for the sake of like learning and then being able to use that later. I just really respect that. That's one of the core values I see in what you're building. You mentioned the working groups, the builders, and Derek just mentioned a little bit about the internships. Can you kind of break down um, any of the other components that are within DreamDAO and what is the value that's created within those each? So a little mm -hmm. bit into like examples of the internships and, and whatnot. Yeah. So I would say our three core offerings are education, internships, and trip sponsorships. So education is we bring in people um, to have conversations with builders about different topics in Web3. So we had like Kevin Awaki come speak with us, um, Aya from Ethereum Foundation, um, on different topics that they have expertise on in Web3. And so that kind of gives them an overview of different areas and an introduction to different topics. Um, the next is internships. So we ran our first iteration of the internship program over the summer, um, and we have the next iteration that's going to be starting in January. Um, basically, it's Builder's first experience in Web3. Um, and so the idea is that they learn about Web3 through DreamDAO, and then they apply what they learn at the internships because... Uh, we believe that education is is only as useful as, as it can be applied to, you know, to to solving these problems. Um, and then the third is sponsorships to trips. So we've been to, um, you know, ETH Mexico, we went to DevCon and FTNYC. Um, we went to a conference in India and we also occasionally host our own uh, events like at Yale and we hosted one in India as well. Um, and that's to fully immerse people in Web3 and to have allow them to meet people and um, just have like an, an enhanced learning experience. Something that I personally believe and that I think I've tried to carry over into DreamDAO as well is that 
there shouldn't be like a pressure to be an entrepreneur necessarily. Um, I think a lot of times, like it is good that there are so many resources out there for, for young entrepreneurs and so much encouragement, but like a lot of times it feels like Amber, what you were saying, people just create things for the sake of creating them. And I think that there are so many people that could work on developing solutions that already exist and improving them and increasing the adoption of them. And so that's something that I try to, to push for at DreamDAO is like, you don't have to just create something to be like a valuable, brilliant, incredible person. Like you you can contribute to things that already exist out there and that is just as valuable. Um, you don't have to just create something for the sake of creating it. So wanted to add that. Mm, you spoke to my heart in that. Yes. <laughs> it's um something I realized with my career pivot. I used to be a registered nurse many lifetimes ago, and I got involved with the TEDx community. And it was that community that helped me see that there were already people solving these big challenges in the world. And TEDx made a stage for those voices to be heard. And, you know, now they have programs where, you know, they have prizes and people can continue to work on developing these solutions. But I think this is such an important piece that there are so many amazing people out there creating and if they could come together or join forces we might actually be effective in solving some of these challenges i often joke that i feel like the only marie kondo in a world of people that like creating new things like let's have a new discord channel and a new initiative and a new working group and a new dao and i was like yeah Who's going to maintain those? Like, some you can plant the trees, but somebody's going to have to do the topiary and cut them into cute shapes. So I'm like, I love creating new things, but I often feel pigeonholed into the like the miser who's like, so which Discord channels can I delete today? <laughs> Just because I want to create like harmony and call things back. So there's always the rhythm of expansion and contraction, right? You try new things. Like I asked at the beginning, what have you tried? And then what have you stopped doing? And what are you trying differently? If I may, there's a, a, a idea we were on a moment ago that's really sticking with me around the not chicken egg, but like evolutionary nature of how something starts with a passionate founder and co-founding team like you and the people you were working with initially, and then grows to include people that rally around that initial vision, but especially in our space and in the kinds of conversation that sounds like you're facilitating, that's not like a dogmatic end-all be-all. This is what it's going to be forever. It evolves as people show up and contribute. So how have you seen like things like vision, mission, priorities, values themselves have this give and take, uh, this tension where people are in an alignment, but then also maybe trying to pull the group toward a different understanding or different priorities? And how do you see your role as you know, like a core team or a co-founder, how do you strike a balance between like, you know, you have the social clout, you've been there longer than most people. And so how do you try to show up in those spaces, spaces to either like facilitate that kind of back and forth or help keep people aligned so it doesn't fall off the tracks? Mm. Yeah, I, I think that um it is important to have a mission that is... Mm. I, I think it I think your mission can be fluid, but it needs to be grounded also in, in what the main like why you exist. Like I don't ever see the mission of like training Gen Z to use Web3 for good, like changing for Dream Dow. Like 
I don't think we're going to serve millennials or I don't think we're going to train people in web two. You, you know what I mean? I, I, I think broadly that mission is going to stay the same. Um, but I also see it as a question of like, I, I mentioned this earlier, but how can we evolve to better serve our members and our mission, basically? So I think that is the piece that will change. Um, and so one of the questions for me has been on the topic of entrepreneurship is eventually do we provide a fund to allow people to create projects um, for people who want to? And I don't think that we're at, you know, answering the question of how do we better serve our members and our mission Yes, on a service level, it may make sense to have a project fund, but I don't think that we're at a point where we have enough people who are ready to say, I'm ready to go full in and build a project. Like just know me knowing our members, me knowing our members, I don't think that there are enough people who are ready to go full in, full time, you know, doing a gap year or whatever, spending time doing a project. And so that's how I answer the question of like, whether or not we should be doing a project fund right now. And that's going to be the same. Sorry, let me close my telegram. That's going to be the same for like how often we run our internship program. Like I was like, you know, we should probably do an internship program in January, but then some people had concerns about like it being the school year. So I did like a poll, like who would be able to do an internship program at this many hours a week from January to March. And so I think it's just like a constant journey of like listening to what people need, assessing, you know, what makes the most sense for the members and the mission um, and then evolving based on that. But I think that generally there is a mission that will be stay pretty much the same or a broad mission that will stay pretty much the same um, for however long the DAO exists. So for people who are listening right now, how would somebody who discovers DreamDAO get involved? Uh, what's the process like? And maybe a bit also around once they do get involved, what's the onboarding experience? Yeah, so for mentors, you can join at any time. Uh, there's an application on our website that you can apply to. Um, and then if you're accepted, you can join as mentor. But for builders, we do them in cohorts once every six months. Our application actually closed on Monday um, for, <laughs> for the builders. Um, but the way that that works is once you're selected as a builder, you go through a three-week sort of boot camp, um, which introduces you to all topics in Web3, like how DAOs work, how DreamDAO works. And once you go through that, you get our Skywalkers NFT for free, which is serves as like our membership NFT and allows you to vote as well. Um, and then from there, you're free to contribute to the working groups and all the other cool things that DAO is doing. Um, and then, yeah, for champions, it's just like a, a shorter onboarding process of like, this is how we work and this is how you can start contributing. What's like one of the main obstacles you see in what you're trying to do it could be like a coordination thing like a particular aspect of getting people to you know be aware of and communicate or actually show up and coordinate it could be like a funding thing it could be like an alignment thing but what is sort of the one of the main challenges that you and the DAO are facing uh, as you try to accomplish your goals Hmm. Okay. A few things are coming to mind. Okay. Three things come to mind. I'll be brief on each of them. First, it's time zones. That is like a problem that's impossible to solve. We run into it every single week, a problem with it. Um, the second is funding, of course, especially in the bear market. It's been hard for us to find grants that we even qualify for. 
So a lot of grants are like specific to like tools being built in the ecosystem or like, I don't know, for, for, for very specific things. And a lot of grants we don't even qualify for, which has been difficult for us. Um, the third is the delicate dance of giving young people opportunities to lead now and equipping them with the tools they need uh, to do that. So for example, the way that we did working groups in season one, I don't think was as effective as we do them now because we kind of just said like, here's a working group with a broad responsibility. It's your it's your job to define what the working group does and to lead the members. And yes, that is giving young people the opportunity to lead, but it is not giving them the tools that they need. And so it's kind of like, you want to give people opportunities, but you also need to like, set them up for success you know and it's always hard to know like when are we gatekeeping things because people don't have experience and um you know when are we giving too much open space and and um putting too much on individuals who don't really have experience and 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 the the things that they're doing so those three things come to mind for me right now the one week of the year where Europe does its daylight savings switch a week before the United States does its daylight savings switch will be the bane of international coordination for the rest of time. In the matter of time, it has been a true pleasure to spend this time with you, Madison, and learn more about DreamDAO. And just Derek, as always, a pleasure to spend time with you on this podcast. Thank you so much, both of you, for for spending this time today with all of us. Want to just give a quick, how do people reach you, Madison? Personally, if you're on Twitter, following you, and also DreamDAO, please. Yeah, so DreamDAO is at DreamDAO underscore on Twitter, and I need to check and see what my username is. I think I know what it is, but I want to be sure. Oh, yeah. It's at underscore Madison underscore Adams. It had to be like that because my name is so basic that, you know, all other iterations were taken. So that's where you can find us. Thank you so much. We look forward to hearing more about DreamDAO and following your journey. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Um, I like the approach that you're taking with this podcast and I wish you all a lot of luck in the future with it as well. Thank Thank you you so much. All of Us is brought to you by Camp Social, empowering communities to self-organize. Connect on Twitter at campsocial underscore. Set up camp or join a social camp.social today. And East Denver, the largest and longest running Web3 community innovation festival, fiddling the decentralized future. To attend East Denver 2023 from February 24th to March 5th in Denver, Colorado, visit ethdenver.com slash apply. Follow Ethereum Denver on Twitter to join weekly virtual and in-person community events. I like the last one. Cut it. Smash. Smash. Cut. Stop recording. Hey, everyone. It's Derek. I always forget to do this, but if you enjoyed any part of this and would be willing to take just a moment to rate this episode or this show on whatever platform you're using, it would help us a lot. The algorithm is brutal, and we are just trying to share what we think are some pretty good ideas from some pretty cool people as broadly as possible. So thanks in advance for your support.